Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hard Nine Podcast. Today is April 10th, Easter Monday, night or 2019, 2023. Uh, the Cardinals now sit at three and six, not just last place in the NL Central, but last place in the National League. Yeah, not a good, not an ideal start. I don't, I don't think, not to start any of us hoped for. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't think I've panicked by any means, to be honest with you. I think we're seeing a team right now that doesn't know, they haven't found their recipe to win. It's either, you know, your pitching's good and your hitting sucks, or your hitting's good and your pitching sucks. I mean, they're going to be fine, I think. But right now, I mean, they, they had a big test, you know, against three good teams. And they failed. They failed the test. Like they won the first series, got absolutely bitch slapped the second series. And in the third series, I mean, they just fell flat. You kind of had the feeling no chance they were winning that series because it felt like they didn't deserve to win that series. Like they weren't the better team um, this weekend. Yeah, uh, it was very reminiscent of my freshman uh, college algebra class in college. Uh, first exam, 33%. So very reminiscent to, to what I did then. Um, yeah. like, you know, we, we said on here, <clears throat> it'll be nice to hear, see them tested playing nine teams. They got their asses handed to them. That's all. That's honestly all you can say. Were there some highlights through those first nine games? Absolutely. Uh, but there were way more lowlights. And, and while I panic is the wrong word, I think we're at 5.5% of the season has been played. So it's panic, not, not time to do that. No. However, there are trends that do make you nervous of things we have seen over the past eight years that we have talked about. And those are things that still continue to linger as the Cardinals organization has not addressed the starting pitching, um, the bat, the hitting with runners in scoring position. Look, the numbers will probably even themselves out over the, over the year. We know that, but it gets good teams to beat good teams. And that's who you're going to play in the playoffs. You have to hit better with runners in scoring position. Here's what I know about that is it's, it, it's never, it seems like that if that's bad, it kind of snowballs if runs in scoring position. You almost feel like you got to get a basis clearing double at some point, and then it kind of writes the ship. But I feel like guys are just pressing that situation because they know that people aren't coming through. Just like we know. Um, so once once like you kind of need like you need Nolan or Goldie to step up and hit a double with bases loaded, you know, just to get something going to get that going in a positive direction. I think the reason people are so pissed, and this is the reason that I'm upset. I'm not even mad, really. The, the reason that I'm kind of disappointed is I, I saw people talking, people me in the media in St. Louis, like, well, they'll be fine. They, they're about to play the Rockies and the Pirates. Well, yeah, no one here thinks that they're not going to beat up on shitty teams. Like, we all know that's going to happen. I'm upset because this year was supposed to be the year where they took that next step, where they were beating good teams now. They're not doing it. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's over. It's rinse and repeat with this team where they don't beat good teams. And as much as I want them to be an elite team, as much as I want to be able to come on here and say they're a top five team in baseball, they're just not right now. Like, maybe they will be. Maybe they'll click. But as of right now, they are who they've been the last three years, whether NL Central good. That's all they are right now. And, and I saw I saw a uh, – I don't know who posted it, to be honest with you. Um, a stat on Twitter yesterday about teams against – above 500 teams over the, since 2019 Cardinals were pretty good in 19 the last three years not very good but nobody's been really really good however three and six unacceptable especially when you're two and four at home I did see though his point was I saw that tweet as well he said that there's three teams above 500 last year um against good teams it was the Braves it was the Mets and it was the Dodgers yeah 
I mean, you're, all you're saying is what we're thinking, which is what right. we want them to be on that level, and they're not. Like yes. that's you just proved the point. Like that's yeah, I don't know I what point you, you think you're proving. I right? I agree with you. Um, I we I think you said they'd go two and one over the weekend. <laughs> I said they'd go one and two. Um, I did. I thought honestly that that maybe they'd win the Jack start. They, that's not the one they they won. They won Monty, fantastic. Um, here's the thing I will say: you just buried the Pirates. They're six and three. Look, I'm not going to call them a great team and awful, terrible news losing O'Neill Cruz. That's just, uh, that breaks my heart. That's a guy we want to keep in the game. You want to see him play for the Pirates. I'm not going to say the Pirates are going to win at a 67% clip. I'm just saying right now they are six and three. And, you know, everybody talking about going out to play the Rockies. Bro, I've watched us go out to Coors Field since Coors Field opened. That is never a fun, that is never a fun trip, no matter what Colorado's, I mean, this isn't the, the Blake Street Bombers anymore. However, just going out there in that massive stadium when Colorado's going to get to hit nine times, that is never a fun feeling. Never. Well, now, now, not even now with good pitching, like let alone Correct. Um, middling pitching. Um, it's definitely not a series that you can just say, oh, it's a series win. It's not. Um, before we get into that, do you want to get into the series itself? Is there anything? I don't want to go game by game because honestly, I don't want to talk about every moment of every game because it wasn't fun to watch and I don't want to relive it. But I do. Let's start with positives. I want to start with positives because there's a lot of negatives going around right now. Yeah, I've got two hitters that I want to highlight, and actually three. I think Nolan Gorman looks amazing. He, he had four great, great at bats yesterday, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just hitting right at Yelich. He looks really good. Taking the ball the other way. Brady Peralta is a guy that last year when he was struggling, Gorman's going to struggle a lot against Brady Peralta's fastball. I mean, we can talk about the offense not looking great. Brady Peralta was electric yesterday. He looked really good, which is good for him. He's back healthy. Um, but he took four of the best of bats I thought of the day. Jordan Walker, um, nine-game hitting streak to start his career. The youngest player to do that since Ted Williams. It's just them two, which is amazing. He's one game away from passing Ted Williams and taking 10. Um, and then Alec Burleson, I think, is taking really, really good at bats. His defense is shaky and left. That's not what he's out there for. I'm not going to fault him for that. I think Carlson should be helping them defensively because that would have been a different game yesterday if he was out there, I think. But I do think Alec Burleson is taking some of the best of bats on the team. And everybody else is kind of like step up, I think. But those three have looked really good, I think. Well, you said you said uh, when we came in, hey, can a starting pitcher step up? Jack wasn't great by any means. He wasn't awful. Unfortunately, he's where Jack's been, what we've seen the last year of Jack. Like uh, when it's come back he's last year. Figure it out. And where he's been, yeah, I, I get it. But at some point, he's got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Monty, I'm going to add him to the list of positives. He was fantastic. Fantastic. We really needed good. that. We really needed that coming off four losses in a row. He was he was vintage Monty with everything that I saw. So that's, that's great. The other guy I'm gonna have to give massive shout out to. Um, Nato hits number 300, eight one of eight career, one of six I think in Cardinal history to hit it with the Cardinal uh, birds on the bat on the uniform. Hitting number 300, that is a great milestone for Nolan Arenado. Yeah, um, that, that's awesome for him. He need he needed it. He had been sitting on 299 for what it felt like forever. Um, going back to last year, like there was like three the last three weeks he didn't hit a home run, and he was sitting on three hundred, right, two ninety nine. Um, Monty, that's one of the better starts. I that's the best start I've seen from him. I think since that shutout he had against the Cubs, the nine inning shutout. And I think one more thing that I want to talk about is Wilson Contreras' defense looks really good. It does. I don't know what he's done, and I don't know if it's at the expense of his offense. I'm not ready to say that yet, but his defense. I mean, he's stole the most strikes in baseball, framing wise. So. Like the worries that the Cubs had, I'm, I hope they're enjoying Jan Gomes and his stealing less strikes than Wilson Contreras and not hitting like him. But 
Um, shout out to those guys. Now let's just get into the negatives because God, there's there's a lot of them. What well, one second before we get into the negatives, okay, I just kind of wanted to walk through Gorman's day yesterday because okay, I do think it needs to be highlighted at at his age with all of the the question marks that they had on him last year. Uh, coming in, a lot of people, you know, hey, oh, let's trade him. Let's send him back to AAA so he can rake so we can trade him. Let You know, he is what he is. We know what my eye test tells me what Nolan Gorman is. Look, yesterday, like you said, Peralta had filthy stuff. His fastball was electric. His first at bat, he hits an absolute missile on a ball away, on a fastball away, that Yelich makes a very nice play on. I mean, give you Christian Yelich. But that's a ball that I think last year – Nolan Gorman probably rolls over on hits a ground ball to second base. He probably swings and misses. Oh, potentially. Second at bat, he takes three pitches. I mean, he just spits on all three of them. Ends up with a great walk. They were all around the plate, but he he. I mean, his eye looks so much better right now. Like his his. Are you raising your hand? Yeah, I just don't want to talk <laughs> over you. Oh, no, I, don't I, talk I over retired from Raise teaching, hand bro. Feature. I re- don't ever do that to me again. Well, I yeah, didn't want you ahead. to be in the middle of a point, but um. The thing, and more importantly than him just taking pitches, because that is what it is, he's taking high fastballs and not going after them. That to me shows that he's confident in what he did this offseason because he said he's working on laying off of those because he knows that's not his strength is hitting them. So he's trying to lay off them. And even when they're in the zone, lay off some of them because you don't need to be swinging at them if, and popping up or whatever. He looks like he's just confident in what he's done, which is great. I think we talked about this. He's, he, works all, he works his ass off. And I love that he came in and he had a home run on a high fastball, I think, in spring training. And KD Wu asked him, does it surprise you how quickly and early this is paying off? And he said, no, I worked my ass off. I expect this to pay off. Like, if I'm going to work this hard, I expect the results to be there. Yes. And they have been. So I think that's just – he looks really good. And it looks like he's worked on everything they've asked him to work on, which is great. Yeah, I am just so happy for my – again, we know it's baseball. There's going to be a slump coming at some point in time. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe – the. You know, maybe, maybe he's not. But like I said, the third at bat, you don't see a young guy go up with a guy who's dealing and see the fastball right off the bat, hit it the other way hard again. Again, line drive right to Yelich. Yelich makes a nice play. And then the fourth at bat, he gets on right before the walker hit. Another great at bat where he spits on three more fastballs that are right around, right around the zone. But he just looks like a way more, and I've said this all year already, more confident human being at the mm-hmm. plate. He looks like he's a guy that's in his second season in Major League Baseball and he's adjusted. Like that's that's the thing we always talk about. The thing that pisses me off about this is we always talk about, hey, how are they going to adjust? We know that Jordan Walker right now is going to struggle here soon. Like he's going, the league is going to adjust to him. They're going to expose whatever weakness he has. They have all the film in the world to expose the the smallest weakness and they have the stuff to be able to do it. It's not about how bad you are when they're doing that to you. It's about how you adjust to it. So why we as a fan base, not us, but others, I guess, don't allow them to adjust knowing that that's going to need to be happen. Like I, it's so wild to me. Like Bryce Harper came up, was really good immediately and then struggled because they adjusted to him and then he adjusted back and he's been a superstar ever since. You've got to let these guys adjust. Like it's, it's hard. Major league baseball is, it's almost unfathomable because even when Nolan Gorman closed up that hole up top, now they're all, they're going to look for something else and they're going to find something because no swing is perfect. So He's looked great. And I think let's go to Jordan Walker real quick before we go to the negatives. He is way better than I thought he could even be. Like, it's not even that close. He took a really good walk yesterday, too, which is nice to see. Um, he's slugging over 500, over 550. Uh, he's seeing everything. It's not like he's he's getting pitched like a three-hole hitter. It's not like he's getting a bunch of fastballs and they don't know who he is. 
they took the scouting report from spring training to the to the season, and he's hitting everything. Like he had a hanging slider yesterday. His home run, his one of his home runs was on a slider. One was on a fastball. He's not. He's adjusted the major league breaking pitches a hundred times faster than I thought he would. Yeah, and it's really impressed me. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of that, obviously, hits his second home run of the week uh, over the weekend. <clears throat> second on the year. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about is uh, he was the youngest when he hit his first one. Uh, younger than Ankiel. So since Ankiel to hit the home run, who Ankiel did as a pitcher, by the way, we know he moved on to center field. Uh, if you hear grass being cut I behind me, it. I apologize. Um, let's talk about walkers. We transition to the negatives because I think it all goes hands in hand in hand. Is it time? Like this is a double-edged sword, I think. Okay. Like I think for Ollie and, and I think this is a double-edged sword. Do you move him up in the lineup? Because he probably has deserved it. And you have to continue to question, or do we keep him down and let him continue? Like you, we've asked for years for depth in the lineup. Do you leave him down there for a little while longer and let him go? And I'm asking, it's a two-part question to you, but both go together. So go. I think there's a lot of factors to play into this. One, there is that, hey, he's raking, let him keep raking. Two, like opposing to that. You want him to be up with people on base. Like you want him to be up more often because he's taking probably the best at bats on the team, in my opinion. So you want him to be getting four at bats, not just three. But the thing that I think is Ollie's doing, I think it's really smart, is I think what they're looking at is they're saying, when we move Jordan Walker up in the lineup, we don't want to ever move him back down. So we don't want to have to say, hey, Jordan, you're been second for two weeks. And then he struggles and like, okay, Jordan, you're back to the eight hole. And now it's like a demotion for a young player. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to wait until they're sure that they're probably not going to have to move him back down to move him up. And I'm okay with that. I do think maybe bat him sixth, you know, get him some more bats, but then Gorman's batting sixth. So they do have a lot of offensive depth. And I also don't think anyone in the top five or six really needs to be moved. So I'm okay with them keeping him there. I want to bat him eighth ever again, bat him seventh at the, at the very, I bet him sixth or seventh, but I think they're going to move him up eventually. But when they do, I think they want to make sure they don't have to move him back down. Yeah. Uh, who was hitting second yesterday? Why do I not remember? Burley. Oh, Burley. That's right. Okay. Um, I do think that's that. I think that's a move you could switch there if you wanted. But I mean, yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's a double edged sword. I just am always like, I like those, my best six hitters hitting in the first six. Jordan mm-hmm. Walker's one of your six best hitters right now. Yeah. Uh, that's what I will say. So, is, but so is Nolan Gorman. And then, yeah. And I go- think you could hit Nolan Gorman six. That's what I'm saying. I think I bet Nolan Gorman second, but that's a different conversation. That's fine. And, the, and I, mean, front, a, I mean, bat him in front of Goldie and dare somebody to bring in a right, a lefty against him. That's yeah. what I would do. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I kind of like him there after Wilson or even hitting fifth after 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 Nolan and move Wilson to sixth. Whatever, there's a lot of flexibility. There's but a lot we, of it goes back there. to, again, which leads into what we were talking about. Last week, last pod, you said somebody on the pitching staff has to step up. Now we got to have our offense step up with guys on base. Like that, mm-hmm. you have to drive in runs to win baseball games, duh. But yesterday was a game that was winnable from, from the get, and they never, ever Even down did, six one. did enough. They, right, they never, ever did enough. Now, um, let's get into a few things yesterday. I, I didn't get to watch everything on Saturday night. I was, I was at work, and then we went uh, to hang out with some friends, so I didn't get to see the entire game on Saturday night. I did get to watch the entire game yesterday. Uh, I've got some questions for you, and then I'm going to let you let you a- answer those. Uh the, the the biggest one, the biggest one to me is late in the game. You have bases loaded, two out, and you pinch hit for Brendan Donovan with Taylor Motter. Um, I'm gonna let you go, and then I I, I will respond. I, I I'm still it still hurts my head. 
Yeah, I don't like it. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't like. It. I don't agree with it either. And Ali backed it up with stats and whatever in the post game. For me, I mean, I'll take my chances with Brendan Donovan every day of the week, even if he looks bad in his first three at bats, which he did. He did not have a good day yesterday. And honestly, I think he needs to figure it out. Now he's not walking anymore, which is, was my concern when he started hitting home runs. He stopped walking completely, and that's kind of frustrating. But just to get that situation. I don't think Taylor – I will take my chances with Brendan Donovan over Taylor Motter literally every day of the week and live with whatever result comes from it. My second problem is a lot, one of his things was we don't want to make two moves. Well, you have Juan Yepes. You have Taylor Motter anyway who you're wasting by hitting him. So if you're not ever – and you're in the eighth inning. So if Juan Yepes is not going to come back in and hit later in the game, which he didn't because your mail your order's coming up, you're not making two moves. You're ma- I mean, you are making two moves. But it's not affecting you. Like, I don't understand that. And I guess their thing would have been if they would have hit Yepes and then they would have had Mater come in and play second base. And then they would have, you know, hit Carlson for Burleson. Now you've wasted three of your four bench guys, which I do understand that point, I guess. But for me, I don't even think I'd make a move. Like, just let Brady, he's your leadoff hitter. Let him him take the at-bat. I'll take my chances. I'll live and die with Brandon Donovan at this point. If he gets out. You can't kick yourself for the result. Like, it's Brendan Donovan. No one's going to blame you for that. So that's where I'm at with it. It's not the worst decision I've ever seen, but I wouldn't do it again. Can you pause it? I have to answer the door. Sorry, your mom's in the back. Yeah, sorry about that. Had a little uh, detour there. Um, all right, a couple things. With the with the thing, in from as far as I'm concerned, we're talking about Brendan Donovan, who is alleged or allegedly, who is, as his career going on, has hit lefty well, right? He was hitting 500 this year against lefties. That I, I, he's your leadoff hitter. You literally pinch hit for your leadoff hitter, a young guy who has had success in that position. Um, for a guy who hasn't, who is thirty-one-year-old journeyman who hasn't played in a long time, as far as at this kind of level. There, are, there. I, I just have so many questions. It's because the analytics said he might hit a ground ball more times than not, is what Ali said. I, I have think, a massive problem with that. I'm sorry. I think it's also important, and I'm not. I don't want to try and defend what he did because I don't agree with it. But I will play devil's advocate because I understand the line of thinking. If you have, like, if it was Wanya Pez, I'd fully have understood the move. Okay, but it, it wasn't Wanya Pez. It was Taylor Motter. No offense to him, but that he is who he is at this point in his career. Um, Hobie Milner is really, really tough against lefties, so it's not only important to listen. I mean, to look at the perspective from. Brendan Donovan. There's a reason they brought Hobie Milner in. He's really, really good and really tough against lefties. His grab ball rate against left-handed hitters is like it's one of the highest in baseball. It has been. I still think if Donovan chops a ground ball to the second baseman, you live with what happened. But we look. Well, I mean, let's look back to the Brave series that controversial Tyler O'Neill play. They brought in Brendan Donovan against a righty in that situation, knowing the Braves were going to counter with a lefty, but they were comfortable enough. I don't know if it was AJ Minter or who it was, but a comfortable enough, to, or maybe it was Dylan Lee. I don't know who it was, but comfortable enough with Donovan taking that at bat. And then he got a single and he rewarded them for it. So I don't really get how that changes that quickly. Donovan wasn't taking great at bats this weekend, I didn't think. But I, at the end of the day, I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people are making it because I honestly am under the belief either way probably would have ended the inning. I don't, I didn't think anything was going to happen there. But, you know, I, it's not a move I'd make. I don't know if they'll make it again. I don't even know if Taylor Myers is going to be here long enough to make it again. But uh, the biggest problem for me, if you're going to make the move, which I don't even think I do, Dylan Carlson and um, Juan Yepes are the guys you should go to. Like that's when Paul DeYoung's back, which he will be back, 
Ted Myers is going to be in AAA. So what are we doing? I don't understand it. I don't care. Yeah, and, and you just brought up the guy that was the transition into my next point. Is, is one, is Dylan Carlson hurt? Do we know? And two, why is, he in, why is he now the fifth outfielder and like the last option on the bench? Uh, you allowed Andrew Kisner to hit. That's a whole nother story. When Wait, you when? have, huh? When? I mean, well, I guess they did. Did they pinch it for Wilson. him late? Wilson. Well, that's right. Okay, my apologies. That's right. Um, so my apologies on that one. I forgot. But you could have you could have obviously hit for DC for him there, whatever, and brought Contreras in. Wilson that, makes more sense. That's right. one for one move. But what is Dylan Carlson like? What what are we doing here? We're still, in my opinion, Tyler O'Neill is not a center fielder. He's never been a center fielder. We well, talked about last year. We talked about last year. You bring him back from an injury and you put him in center field. Out of all three of the outfield spots, let's be honest, where are you going to get hurt the most? Where do you run the most? Where do you run the farthest? It's center field. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an elite center fielder that three, you know, that we when we traded Bader, opened up a spot for Dylan Carlson defensively. Where why is he MIA? What has he done? Is he hurt? Does Ollie just I, I don't understand this thing at all? And I am so confused because we're not again putting our best guys on the field in the right time. No, he's not hurt. He played Saturday and he played pretty well, by the way. He had two hits. But I think I think there's a couple of things involved in why Tyler O'Neill is getting run at center field. Part of it, I think, is after that shit, that situation last week against Atlanta, I think all he's like, okay, you know, we're moving on from that. Go, go. I'm giving you center field. Like I'm giving you the opportunity to see what you can do out there. Go take it. It's early in the season. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't. Like Tyler O'Neill. I get 2021. He was fantastic. For me, he hasn't even earned playing time. Like I could see an argument for, you know, when, when Newt Bar's back for it to be a Newt Bar Carlson Walker outfield. And I, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think there might be a situation where Newt Bar ends up being your center fielder against right-handed pitching. That wouldn't surprise me, but I, I don't get their handling Dylan Carlson, by the way, shout out Jeff. He followed us on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Dylan, Dylan's father. We're, um, hey, we I, are in, we're in your, on your side here. Yes. And I do want to get to backup catching for a second, but after this, but I, I don't know. I want Dylan Carlson to be our everyday center fielder. Um, his exit velocity, his baseball savant page looks really good. He's hitting the ball really hard. So he did what you asked him to do. It's almost like Ollie doesn't, or Ollie or the coaching staff. I don't know who it is. Doesn't like Dylan Carlson. And I just don't get it. Cause last year it seemed like you liked him enough to let him play through injury. Correct. Without binging him. So you let him play through injury. He struggled. You didn't get the MRI when you should have, like earlier, which is the problem that this Cardinals medical staff has had for fucking years. When you go, you're late to the problem. And then he struggles because of it. And now you're not playing him. Like, yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Um, I, I'm going to go back to what you had said earlier about they after the debacle, they let Tyler Pleff center field. I'm going to go back to again. And ask the question, and I think it's probably a rhetorical question because I don't know that you have an answer. But why? Like, what metrics do have as anyone see? Because yesterday we were told we pinch hit for Brendan Donovan because of the metrics. Bullshit metrics, by the way. I'm sorry. Like, I want my best player. Who's better baseball player, Brendan Donovan or Taylor Motter? No shot at Taylor Motter. I want Brendan Donovan, my leadoff hitter in that situation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to say my eye test because I hate that. I am not a major league coach. I don't have all the the stuff at their disposal. But somebody explain to me what you are seeing or what anyone has seen that tells you or anyone else that Tyler O'Neill is a better defensive center fielder than Dylan Carlson. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. Not that, not that, oh, we want to see what he can prove out there. We know what Dylan Carlson can do out there. I want, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand it. 
I think they're just wanting to – I think Tyler O'Neill came in wanting to play um, – when I just saw something that's going to piss you off um, – wanting to play center field. And I think they're just saying – they. I think they told him, hey, we're going to give you a couple weeks to try and do it. If you don't do it, we're giving it back. He's not going to be a center fielder for long. Tyler O'Neill, 42nd percentile um, in terms of outs above average in center field. So he's he's worse than – what is that, 50, 56 percent of the league? And is it Dylan in 93 or something like that? Dylan's 94. There um, it is. So, yeah, Dylan Carlson should be the center fielder. Here's my thing, too. Like, it's not even just that. And I don't want to shit on Alec Burleson because I said he's taking great at-bats, and he is. And I get you can have a corner out there that's not great defensively. I don't know if he's had two because Jordan Walker's not great defensively either. I have a couple issues with – I think this this team is kind of hip- hypocritical at times. Like, you build a rotation – around your defense, right? Like you don't get the high strikeout guys because you think that you can maximize a Jordan Montgomery instead of, and get more out of the 10 million you're paying him than you will out of 30 million for Jacob DeGrom. Well, then don't you have to have guys that are going to be behind him that are your best defensive guys or else what's the point of doing this and you need strikeouts? Because yesterday <laughs> it should have been one-to-one in the seventh inning, but Alec Burleson misreads the ball to, to the left field that scores two runs. I mean, Willie Adamas smoked the ball, don't get me wrong, and if, if you're him, you probably think you deserve a double there. And it's not everybody by any means, but Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill catches that ball. Um, and then Tyler O'Neill would misread the ball straight to him in center field that Dylan Carlson definitely catches. Like Dylan Carlson is one of the best outfielders in baseball like going back on balls. We've seen that for three years now. So if you're going to build a team that doesn't strike anybody out and you have good fielders, play the good fielders. Like I don't understand when, when did we become so worried about offense? It's not, there's two parts of baseball. Like there play, are. And Dylan Carlson's not a bad offensive player. If he was Kevin Kiermeyer, even like offensively, and Kiermeyer's been hitting well, but Kiermeyer the last five years, then I get it, but he's not. Yeah. The other thing that feels like to me is it, it almost feels like Twitter at this point. It's just like weird. we've decided who Dylan Carlson is as an organization. He can't hit against right handed pitchers, so we're never going to play him. And guess what? We face like, what, 80% right-handed pitching? So you're leaving this kid who you gave a vote of confidence to last year and said, look, we are, we're not, we want to get you healthy. We want to do that. And it's because, and they're using a sample size from last year, not hitting lefties because he was hurt. I I just, that's what I mean. Sorry. Right. I apologize. Yeah. I don't under, it is literally the whole thing is blowing my mind that it is giving me a headache and I don't understand it. Look, I love Alec Burleson. I love the way he's been swinging the bat, but it's almost like we're trying to get force him into the lineup, which he's been, he's earned it though. Like let's be I'm fair. not arguing that with his opportunities there, he's Kale, there's it. one outfielder and you know that I love him that's playing every day in the lineup that has not earned it right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that he has a 680 OPS, and that's Tyler O'Neill. And I am a Tyler guy, right? You everyone knows that. I am. I, I, I've been a fan of his since he came up, since we acquired him for Marco Gonzalez. I've been a fan of this guy. However, like you can't tell me that you can't tell me one, he's the best center fielder. He's not. And you can't tell me one that he's more of an offensive threat right now than Dylan Carlson, because the numbers don't suggest that either. I understand guys before somebody comes on and yells at me, it's nine games. I understand that. But if you're going to say you have to hit to play, or you have to do this to play, you have to be full throttle to play. We're going to put our best guys. And then Alec Burleson's in left field. Explain to me why you don't have Dylan Carlson in center field. The thing that bothers me as well is like, what they've said, they've like spoken glowingly about Dylan Carlson lately. Um, in terms of like how he's handling not playing very much, which is what I expect. Like Dylan Carlson seems like just a stand-up guy. 
Tyler O'Neill, you haven't spoken glowingly of. In fact, I saw an interesting interview over the weekend with Matt Holiday on the fast lane, who is close to Ollie for whatever that's worth, that said he believes that that was not the first instance with Tyler O'Neill hustling and that he doesn't even think it was the first. Like He thinks it dates back to like a year ago where this has happened multiple times to Tyler O'Neill. And that is why Ollie brought it to the media because it's been addressed and hasn't been fixed. That's what he said. I'm not saying it's fact. I'm just saying that's what Matt Holiday said on the fast lane. So take that for what it's worth. If you're pissed off with his effort and he's not playing well, well, if I'm Dylan Carlson, I'm like, what the fuck do I have to do? And more importantly, he would have had more value to you on the trade market than he has to you as a platoon bat. Right. They so have I'm literally not advocating for trading for him, trading him because no. I would be playing it. But if you're going to do this to the kid, what, what you decide who he was at a tw- the age of 24, like we're talking about how young Nolan Gorman is. Carlson's been here a lot longer, so it seems like he's older. He's 24 years old. Yeah, I think a few things that really brings into question, and you know, you you can you can probably play devil's advocate with some of these, but is the Cardinals organization handling of a lot of young guys over the last 10 years? I mean, if you go back, we see that we've seen Tommy Pham, who thought he should have been here, and every number he had put up through the minors suggested he should have been here. He didn't get an opportunity. When he did, he did perform highly. Then he blasted him in a Sports Illustrated article. They get rid of him. Randy Rosarina comes up, films Mike Schilt cursing, gone. I'm not saying that's why. I'm not. But that the Adolis Garcia trips going around third in a playoff game. They DFA him. Randall Grichik was incredibly outspoken after they got rid of him about the handling of the organization of him. Colton Wong was incredibly outspoken about that. I'm just saying. I do think it's fair to say that this Mike Matheny's not here anymore, and he was a lot of the problem. I'm, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, though, he's also part of the organization. All right. It wasn't just him. He was, he's not, we know that he wasn't pulling all the strings. You know that. I, but I, I don't know because there were, I remember when we had AJ Ellis or Mark Ellis, who was it? Mark, Mark Ellis, Ellis. And he was playing him over Colton Wong in the yeah. front office, had to get rid of Mark Ellis to get him. I, I understand. It was I'm like money ball. It, like it is. To... It is. A, there are a lot of examples and I hope that we're not doing it again with Dylan. Well, no, but but I That's think to I'm play saying. devil's advocate to your point, um, they are, who are they playing over Dylan Carlson? Two young guys. So it's not like it's not like they're playing some wily vet in right field. Well, they, I mean, they kind of are. Tyler O'Neill's twenty-eight. They're not. He's not a vet. I mean, he's twenty-eight years old. Fine. I understand, but, but, there's but there's no, no one. Don't sit here and act like we don't understand why they're playing Tyler O'Neill. We've seen why Tyler O'Neill at his best is way better than Dylan Carlson's ever been. That's a fact. All right, but but he's not now. Okay, yeah, sure, but it's nine games in. Any, but either way, like it's not like they're playing some Mark Ellis or um, Jose Martinez. They're playing. Uh, they're they're playing Alec Burleson and Jordan Walker. So, it's but not do you believe Burleson's ceiling is higher than Dylan Carlson's? Offensively, yes. That's again. You just said five minutes ago. There's two, well, ga- two parts of this game. Yeah, it depends on what you're talking about. Do I think As I think if you play both of them every day, Carlson accumulates more WAR. But if if you feel like your other two, I mean, it just depends. They also, I don't think they play the same position. Now, I think the better question would be O'Neill versus Burleson, and I there you still go. say O'Neill. But I think I think Carlson should just be the center fielder. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's fair to bring up the past because I think those were managers. I think that's kind of doing Dolly a disservice because I do think he handled young guys really well last year. I and I do think nine games in, he's handled a lot of them pretty well. I think he's handled Walker really well. I think he's handled Burleson really well. I do think Carlson's the one guy I have a massive issue with, and hopefully that changes. That might be an organization wide philosophy too. It might not just be Ollie. So I I don't know. We're gonna see where that goes. 
you have anything else to say about this? Because I want to get into backup catching because I'm kind of bothered by something. Yeah, absolutely. The last thing I'll say is if it is an organizational philosophy, it, it brings back what I've been saying. I have a lot of questions about the organizational philosophy. That's what I'll say. I really That's will. Like, here's what fair. I, the last thing I'll say leading into catching is the pitching. We're going into course. We'll see what happens. I still have massive question marks about this pitching, about the starting. Uh, yesterday, it felt like Palante was left in way too long. It felt like Woodford was left in a batter, at least a batter too long. Why you allow him to face Willie Adamas? I don't start again. I don't understand that at all. Um, I just feel like here's the thing: we have the we have the um, sorry, my apologies. We have the ninth richest owner in baseball, and we have the fourth highest um, value in Major League Baseball. I I'm not saying we need to spend with the Mets, but we're watching what the Padres are doing, I, and I know you don't agree with that. However, what I'm saying is it does feel like we should be spending more money on the assets we have. We have a young cost control team, kind of like what the Braves have, but we're not filling in the gaps with guys to go around them outside of Nolan, Goldie, and Contreras. I understand that's three guys, but you got to have more than three. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Um, well, hold on. The offense is fine. That's not a problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm talking about as a team. I'm not talking yeah. about the offense. Yeah, I'm talking about as a team. We'll see if they do the trade deadline. Um, we'll see. You know, they have a lot of organizational depth, which you can use that instead of spending on a free agent contract that you're going to hate in three years. You could use that to get somebody. We'll see what they do. Um, they just need to, they need to get there, and they need to be in playoff contention when they're there, in my opinion. But we're not getting Jay Happ and John Lester again. Um, backup catching. We were team adamantly team Andrew Kisner and team play Andrew Kisner and keep him on the team because we thought Yvonne Herrera shouldn't come up and sit, right? Right. If you're going to sit Wilson Contreras one game every series, Andrew Kisner can't be your backup catcher. Agreed. He, he he can't. He's not good enough at anything. Like, honestly, and I don't want to hate on Andrew Kisner. He gets a lot of hate. Seems like a good clubhouse dude. Okay, this is the major leagues. I just don't care about that at all, I don't think, anymore. Like, they have enough clubhouse character in there to be fine. If Yvonne Herrera is ever going to be the guy, then he needs to be the guy now. I'm not getting called by my college. No, I'm not answering you. <laughs> Anyway, I, I think you need to bring up Yvonne Herrera if he's ever going to be your guy. If you're just stashing the minor leagues to trade him, then I don't know, trade him. Like, just fucking do it already. But if you're not doing that and you still think he can develop, then Andrew Kisner's not good defensively. He's not good at game calling. He doesn't work umpires, according to everything I've heard. He doesn't frame pitches well. He And he also can't hit at all. Like, at all. It's almost no. wild. Like, he can't hit. He's not a major league <laughs> baseball player. I don't think. Yeah, it's weird how he was. Like he had a really good minor league uh, really career, good. very good minor league career. Um, now, I let me ask you this because I don't know, I don't know enough about the situation with the organization. I probably should do a little bit more research on this. That's on me. But I almost, it almost feels like you're stuck with Kisner because I don't think that they believe Herrera is a better option. Um, I don't know if they believe that Herrera it's not is worse. I, and I understand that, but I'm just saying I don't know if they believe that Herrera's um, trajectory has stalled. I don't know. I'm saying I don't know that answer because mm -hmm. they've got three catchers now at AAA down there, and they got two guys on the come up that, yeah, they don't have... that, that they seem to have fallen in love with more than than Ivan Herrera, who just two years ago was a top ten five prospect in this organization. He still top ten. Still right. I mean, I I don't know that answer, so I can't really address it. I I wish, like a lot of teams, like it's not a bad thing to have addressed that in the off season. They didn't. They went with kids. I understand it. I don't know who was out there that you could have added to have as a backup catcher. That's on me also. I don't know. I mean, I know the Machados of the world were out there, but they got starter money. They weren't going to get that here. So I, I, it's almost like you're stuck 
between a rock and a hard place with mm-hmm. Kisner, Herrera. I mean, Barrera, obviously, they did not feel that he was ready. So I, I just I don't know the answer, bro. I really don't know that answer at all. Here's my thing. Like, if you then you should have paid like Austin Hedges, like three three million dollars to be a good defend defensive backup for you. You know what I mean? Like, at least get good defense out of the spot. Like, you can't yeah. have nothing. Like, I'm not arguing. I'm saying I'm just on. not well enough versed on yeah, on the I, on the subject. And I don't want to hate on Andrew Kisner this much because he seems like a good dude and whatever. But at some point, like, dude, you got to perform. I don't know why. Like, it's almost wild. Like, he would not. He shouldn't be on a major league roster right now. The way he's yeah. been playing. I'm not saying he can't ever be on one. His minor league stats will tell you he probably should be at some point. But right now, the way he's playing right now, he's not providing any value at all. And I do get the point of if you think Ivan Herrera is going to come up and be similar, right? And it, like maybe better on the margins, but not substantial. Then I get wanting to say, well, that's not worth, you know, halting his development. But my argument would be, you know, we see this all the time in the NFL and it's different. I get it with quarterbacks, but I do think there would be something to Ivan Herrera who's had questions game um, managing a pitching staff and had questions calling games and preparing for um, starts the, the right way. Cause he's young. Wouldn't it be beneficial to have him up here with Wilson Contreras helping him do those things? I think it would. Yeah. But I understand I that. I, I think just to play devil's advocate and uh, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Um, I think you also would rather have a guy who is still trying to develop playing every day right at triple a i also will say and this is i agree with everything you said about andrew kisson but the hardest position in major league baseball is to be a backup catcher it really is or or a pinch hitter yeah, right a yeah. guy i know i know i hold on let me finish Sorry. i understand like and he has he has gotten more play because of the Contreras injury and everything else he's played more early on i think than the cardinals wanted i think what they're hoping is to get Contreras fully healthy to where there are games where he's going to or weeks where he's going to play six games out of seven I, I really do believe happen, that. Though. I don't think they're going to – I just don't think they're ever going to play him a day game after a night game. Yeah, that could be. And that here's the thing, be. that if that's the case, that means Andrew Kisner's playing 33% of the games. Right. Maybe lower that to 28% because there's going to be some Sunday night baseball games, whatever. But that's either 50 way – That's games. That's almost I, 50 exactly, games. Exactly. Like, that's the – you said you said Ted Contreras was going to catch 120 to 130 games. He's not paced to catch 110. Right. So, right. and that's, now, to I be fair, he games. got hurt in that costing two games. So he, we can't be on pace in the first nine. No, games. no, I, okay. He's not actually, he's probably on pace to catch less than that now that I think about it. But what I'm saying is, it seems like there's a, I mean, this isn't like it's start the first two games, you're off the day game. That's what they're doing. So if that continues, like, I don't, I don't know if it will. Maybe, maybe he is still a little banged up with the knee and it's still a little sore. And so you don't want him squatting, you know, Agreed. 12 hours after the game. It's, I handle him it. smartly at the beginning. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't even understand it. I'm just saying that I think, what they should have done maybe and what they don't do, which is one of the things that bothers us is it was really easy to say, well, we have backup catching options. Okay. But do you have somebody you like? Cause if the answer is no, and there's someone out there that was willing to come to a contending team that plays this, at least a good, uh, has a good reputation like Austin Hedges, for example, defensively and running a pitching staff, they could help Wilson with his defensive questions. I think they should have gone that route and they just kind of held stood back because it was easy, I think. Which goes back to what I had said five minutes ago about Bill DeWitt not spending money to improve. I don't think it's about money. I think it's just about what's easy for them. What? Okay, those go together, though, okay? I mean, that goes together. Maybe. Like, that goes – those are organizational decisions and philosophies that yeah. do I'm not, not going to kill them too hard, though. Like, I'm, I'm not, not killing anybody. I'm not. I get it. Like, I wouldn't have been, like, gung-ho, like, oh, great signing if they signed Austin Hedges. Agreed. But I agree. I think it would have been a, good, a smart move. And we'll see. Like, I don't know how big of a leash Andrew Kisner has. Just like we say with Tyler O'Neill and some other guys, this is his last chance, I think, here. So – if he struggles for more, they might cut bait. We'll see. I hope I hope he plays well. I hope he doesn't get to that. 
I like Andrew Kisner, but yeah, we'll same, same. We saw him have some flashes over the last couple of years yeah. of where he put it together a few weeks that were pretty solid. But then we like would a good see the dude to have in the clubhouse, but yeah. he's got to perform. It's nine games. I get it, but it's not. He was horrible in spring training. He was bad last year. So we got to see something. Uh, Wilson will be back in the lineup tonight against yeah. Colorado. Uh, you want to get into that really quickly before yeah, we get out here? Because um, uh, first of all, thank you everybody for listening. We greatly appreciate you. As always, you can find us on our on our socials here. Uh, if you hit that subscribe button, is it at the bottom, Caleb, of what they're watching? It's right by our name. Like you'll see right it. By our you'll name see it. it says if you look at the, by the comment section, it says subscribe. And obviously, if you just want to click on our profile, you can right. click it there too. We it's would the greatly, greatly, there. greatly appreciate that. Um, we are gonna we are gonna try to up our our um, pods, correct? Like maybe go to three a week now, and then try yeah. to. We're we're trying to figure out a way how to do uh, post game stuff on here. We're, hey, we're still in the, the infancy uh, stages of figuring that out to where we can come on, do a quick one, get it out for everybody to see. Uh, but thank you guys again for the support. Uh, our power rankings have been delayed. This is sort of my fault. I'll take, I'll jump on that. I wasn't fully prepared. I have to work here in a little bit, which is kind of speeding up my process a little bit. And then we had the, uh, whatever, there's a lot going on. So we will have those out. I'd like to go around the league a little bit more than what we're doing because there's a lot of really great baseball going on. The Rays are 9-0. and The Rays are 9-0. and That is awesome. And I feel they're, like we've not given anybody else more love. Grayson Rodriguez was called up, made his debut. We saw um, Machado be the first guy to get tossed on a violation. Like, there's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. I want to spend more time talking about that stuff on the pod along with what we're bringing with the Cardinals. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, okay. there's a lot of stuff going on. Rays are really good, man. They're really good. Yeah. Playing bad teams, to be fair. They played three really bad teams. I but don't care. They're 9-0. They're and still 0. winning every game. I mean, they're doing what they are should they, do. Also, before we get to the to the preview, were we wrong on the Brewers, or is this also just it's nine games? Don't 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 read too much into it. I think it. there's multiple factors, and I think we I don't think we were wrong. I thought I think I always thought they could be really good. Like I thought it was possible. Here's the thing. Weimer, Terang, and um Garrett Mitchell have all three been really, really good to start the year. Um, not to yep. say they can't continue, but we know we saw it last year with our young guys. It's hard to sustain, you know, young guys being good the whole year. So we'll see. Maybe one of those guys ends up being a rookie of the year finalist. Maybe two of them does, or maybe all three of them start to struggle. Everything's going right for the Brewers right now. We know that's not going to continue that way. I think they're going to be good, though. I think they're probably going to be going to be contention the whole year. That's just who Brian they are, Anderson, so. a nice start. Willie Adamas, great. Brian Anderson's weekend. a good player. He was uh, Rowdy Tellez has really struggled, which is also if you're a if you're a Brewers fan. Like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. William Contreras, it looks like he's the guy to play every day there. Mm-hmm. Um, we just saw Jackson Zachurio. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's the number one prospect in baseball. Um, Did Walker graduate? Yes. Yep. So Churio's boom. really good, but he's a while away. But 19, yeah. 19. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they're, I think they're going to be, they're going to, they're, I mean, you're not going to run away with this thing. I don't think. I think the they went de- over 90 games. Were you shocked that they DFA'd uh, Hira? No. No, because I like Bryce Terang a lot. Yeah, it's just weird that that was a guy that they were like seemed to be building. I mean, when he came up, he set the world on fire. Yeah, I mean, he he was bad for three straight years. Yeah, weird. What a weird. He was a yeah, stud in college. All right, you want to get to um, you want to get to the probable starting pitchers. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at this and I'm liking what I'm seeing. Okay, I'm liking yeah. the matchups here that I'm seeing. That doesn't mean anything, but this is what series where you look at it on paper and you think, man, a sweep would be really nice here. But we're in Colorado and weird stuff's gonna happen. So probably not. But Jose Urena, who we're facing game three, has a 14 ERA with one strikeout. 
So if we lose to him, I don't know what's happening. But Steven Metz versus Herman Marquez. Marquez, a guy that we – it's weird. It's normally, you know, we're having more confidence against left-handed pitching, generally speaking, since we are not on Goldie. Um, I like our line much better against righties. I like how that plays for us in Coors Field. Um, Herman Marquez has just kind of lost a step, it seems, lately. And Steven Metz needs to bounce back. Like, that's my thing with him. He need, be the guy – I mean, at least be $11 million worth. I'm not asking you to be 30. Be worth the $11 million we're paying you, not a six-year A. Um, Miles Michaelis versus Kyle Freeland. Miles Michaelis, last time he was in Colorado, was awful. Like, so we can't yeah. have to mention that, I guess. I like the matchup for the Cardinals. Kyle Freeland's kind of been one of those guys that figured out how to pitch in Colorado. You know, they have those guys every once in a while that figure it out. Not Mike Hampton. He did not figure it out. No, he but did Kyle not. Freeland has figured it out. So we'll see. I still like the matchup there. Need Miles to bounce back. He's been bad for two starts. And then Jack versus Jose Urena. I, I don't know how Jack – if Jack is walking people in Colorado, it's going to be a problem. Recipe for disaster. So he's got to really get that under control. I liked his demeanor. Uh, let's get to talk about Jack for a second. I really like Jack's demeanor after the post games. He's kind of been a guy. I love Jack, and we've defended him a lot on here. That's been a little bit pissy all, when he has a bad start. Like he he gets really upset, and he does. If you ask, he's like one of those guys where you're like, oh, you have to walk on eggshells, you know, around him when you're asking questions because he will, you know, get pissed off. He has a much better and more mature approach this year, I think, to that. And seems like he's just trying to um, identify solutions that act emotionally, which I think is going to bode well for him. Need him to bounce back. Jose Uran is way worse than Jack Flaherty, so still an advantage to us. It's one of those series you look at it and you think, we probably could sweep this thing. But in reality, we're probably going to battle to try and win two out of three. Yeah, Kyle Freeland lefty. Like, that should set up well for the Cardinals with, with the right-handed good, lineup. Though, but he, that's what I was getting to. He's also very tough. Marquez has been tough on us over his entire career, it mm. feels like. So, again, it's Coors Field. I'm telling you. Like, We're there so is no lead to feel safe. There is no deficit that you feel like you're out of. It. Like, let's just be honest. This It is one of those uh, two heavyweight teams, and I'm not calling either of them right now a heavyweight team. That's just what it feels like. It's a heavyweight boxing match. Where they're going to have to absorb every blow, and the last man standing is who's going to win. I mean, that's – Rumble in the jungle. <laughs> it really – there's just like nothing safe in that place. And it's been that way since it opened for the Cardinals. I don't know how other teams have fared there. I assume the same way. I just no, know that uh, yeah, every I mean, game we've ever played in Colorado, it didn't matter what the lead or deficit was. It didn't matter. No. And the Rockies are really good at home. So it's not definitely not just the Cardinals. They've been really good at home. They kind of figured it out a little bit. I think I don't, because they're just used to it. And other people aren't. Here's what I'm looking for this series. I guess let's get into that. I want one of the big three, whether that's Wilson, whether that's Goldie, whether that's Nolan. One of them has to have a monster series. Yeah. I'm not saying go in there and hit a homer and, you know, bat 333 for the series. The reason this team isn't scoring, I think, is no, a lot of people are hitting okay, but no one's hot. And no, like Even Jordan Walker has a nine-game hitting streak. He's not like red hot. He's not smoking everything. I need one of those three to step up and have a monster series where it's like, whoa, Goldie just batted 500 with three home runs this series. Yep. That's what needs to happen. Set the tone. I thought on Saturday I tweeted one of these three needs to set the tone. They are not RBI and then Wilson RBI. They set the tone. I'm looking for Goldie or Nolan or Wilson, one of the three, to just go out there and be a be a masher. And I'm picking Arenado. He hasn't had great series since he's been back in Colorado. He's back for the third time. I'm picking him to have a monster series this weekend. Okay, I agree with everything you said right there. I think also you just in a game in Coors. Um, and you've played in a lot of these games where you thought maybe they'd be low scoring. Not that we think that, but then all of a sudden you're in an eight to seven game and it feels like if you don't score each inning, 
Like, you know, lose. you're, you're going to lose. Yeah. I, I think you have to hit with, I think one of the keys is you've got to get a couple big hits with runners in scoring position, mm-hmm. whether it's second and third, whether it's just a guy on third with less than two outs, whether it's a guy, whatever it is, bases loaded, less than two outs, you've got to get runs in. Uh, we didn't discuss it yesterday and I don't want to harp on it, but the Tommy Edmund at bat was absolute garbage late in the game. Yeah. He works it to three, one on actually what was probably a rough call. Look like it's he could have been four, a ball. Yeah. Right. I agree. But then he just flips the wrists on a three, one pitch the other way that's not bait like that's not what you could do on a 3-1 pitch if you can't handle that pitch and drive it somewhere you take it and get to the next pitch on 3-2 like that was absolutely a garbage at bat by Tommy Edmund that's all there is to it you can't do those things with with less than two outs you're trying to do too much that's what I'm saying you almost no he wasn't though that's what I'm saying if he was doing too much he would have rolled over on the ball and hit a ground ball the second that's not true though dad just because you're late on it doesn't mean you're not trying to do too much like that's it was a flip though okay it wasn't he wasn't late it yeah, was like he was trying to fl- guide the ball into left field. I think he was trying to hit a run in. Like, I think he was doing too much when he could have taken it. Here's the thing. This is what I'm saying. I'm looking for in the first game of the series, get three guys on base and hit a bases clearing double. You know, like, dude, that'd be great. It's just something where it's like someone's got to do it eventually because this isn't going to continue the whole year. We know that it will even out. Runs in scoring position is a, is a futile thing. It seems like sometimes you can't get out with runs in scoring position, especially with Goldie and Nolan, who are two of the best in baseball. And it seems like sometimes you can't get a hit. Like, that's just baseball sometimes. You've got to have someone that, like, alleviates the pressure, which is takes me back. Who are the guys you look on to do that? It's Goldie. It's Nolan previously. And now Wilson's here getting paid $18 million to be our catcher. It's you now, too, Wilson. So got to have some good at-bats in those situations. I agree. Pitching, it's weird because I do agree that we need better starting pitching as a whole. I do think this weekend they were better as a whole. I thought there were three, two good performances. Well, one great, one all right. And then oh, I don't think Woodford should start again, but that's a different conversation. Um, those, I think this weekend's going to be weird. Like if someone goes out there and gives up five runs and five innings at course Field, like I can't really bash them for it. It just kind of happens. But just battle, you know, don't, don't, let, don't let innings become 10-run innings. Don't let things snowball on you because it can happen very easily in course Field. And also one thing that I think we need to look for, what have we always talked about about course Field? The outfield is fucking huge. Yes. It's huge. So many, that's why guys bet 300 there all the time. Um, Charlie Blackman's made a living doing it. I don't know how you can roll out an outfield of Alec Burleson, Tyler O'Neill, and Jordan Walker and not get burned multiple times in the same game. Yep, I agree. I agree. So I, I'm play Dylan Carlson in center field, please. Like yeah. that's what I would do in the series. Like, yep. You need to save runs here. Your pitching yep. is going to pitch a pitching the contact in Coors Field is like the kiss of death. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I am 100 with you on that. Um, I, I, how far away is Newt? Do we know? He's on the road trip, which means he probably could come back this series because they're going back home after this series okay. or anyone to be on the road trip. I think they said that he's still working on some things. I bet he plays the Pittsburgh series and doesn't play this series. Dion, Dion moved up to Memphis. Also, one thing, Brent, just to kind of piggyback on Jake Woodford, um, I watched the Libby start the other night. Oh, my, this, that's not the same Matthew Libertor I've watched pitch before. Mm-hmm. Again, we talked about Gorman's confidence. This dude, get ball. Throw by everybody. That slider is filthy. That fastball, the velo is way up for him right now. He looks confident and he looks comfortable with four pitches right now. And I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I I, I can just, it was minor league. It was triple A. I don't know what that equates to. But right now, what you have at, at Memphis with what Matthew Libertor has done through two starts is something that we have to keep an eye on. I think as Cardinal fans, I'm not saying he needs to be here right now. I'm I just am. saying that's something that, that, 
I don't, I mean, with the bullpen, some of the woes we have. Also, by the way, shout out to Drew Verhagen, who has been very, very good. We have been very critical of Drew Verhagen on here from last year. That's on us. We did make fun of the impingements. That's also on us. However, he has been very, very good. But I do think we have to keep an eye on Matthew Libertor down there in Memphis. Yeah, he should be on the rotation. Um, why would he not be? Like, what is Jake Woodford is not a major league starting pitching on a continuing team. I'm going to keep saying it. And this right. isn't anything against Matthew Libertor. I mean, Matthew Libertor against Jake Woodford. And I don't even want, like, he could be that eventually. He's not right now. Like, and we, he keeps proving it. He's not going, he's not giving you length. And he's not giving you good, a good four innings. Right. So if he's not going more than four, and he's not giving you a good four, well, what's he giving you? I, yeah, I, start an open. No start argument. Start next. Like, I, I don't know. I think Jake, I mean, the, the problem's going to be if you don't know when to put him in the rotation. Because on the five days, he's not lined up. He's lined up with Michaelis, I think. Or maybe Michaelis or Jack. He's lined up with one of the first two starters. Yeah, I think he's lined up with Jack. Yeah. He threw Friday night. And you don't want to just put him in with Woodford because then you have three lefties starting in a row. And that's not really what you want either. So I don't I don't know what you do. I would bring him up, though. Like, honestly, I would. Why Why would you not? Now's a chance to see what he's got, right? Because Wayno's coming back soon. And when that happens, you got a full five barring injury. And then you really don't have any opportunity to see what he's got. So right. why not bring him up right now and say, hey, kid, you're pitching well. Carry that confidence in right now. Like, don't make him go out there and maybe get blown up one star in Memphis, which happens at minor league stadium sometimes. Say, hey, you're rolling well right now. Put him in the rotation and see what he's got. That's what I would do against Pittsburgh this weekend. Uh, let's say, say I lied. He pitched Thursday. It was a doubleheader. He pitched Thursday. Um, so so that would align him. Tomorrow? Like, Wednesday. he would be set to pitch on Wednesday. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So, I mean, why wouldn't you just bring him up and then – have him start against Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah, it's interesting to see. I push him back two days and see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would. Don't, but I guess right now they want to keep him. Honestly, what you could do is have him pitch that second game or that final game against Pittsburgh if you wanted to do so. Um, because you have the day off on Thursday, you can manipulate Woodford out of there and you can manipulate around that. I don't know how they'll handle that. that. But that is something you could do is have Libby throw in Memphis on, on Tuesday, bring him up to pitch Sunday against Pittsburgh at home. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad idea. I just I'm not like saying that's what they'll do. I'm just saying that is an option. I just would like to see him get an opportunity before Wayne. Me back. too. Me that's, too. That's all I'm saying. All right. So predictions. I, I You took Nato. I'm going to take Goldie for the weekend. Uh, dude tears up the NL West. Always has. I just feel like that's a. That's yeah, no a good, one doesn't. No one doesn't. That's have a good pick that. to, to go with it. I'm going with Goldie. <laughs> He's yet to have the big Goldie moment, I think. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, in the ball. One hard, last thing. Know. One last thing, because I do have to get out of here. One last thing. Any concern about the guys who have come back from the World Baseball Classic uh, struggling? Is, is anything no. you see there? No, because now, no, I'm not okay. concerned about That's that. Fair. I, it just That's is fair. what it is. Like coincidences happen and Goldie, no, Goldie's doing well, by the way, he has a 900 OPS. So yeah, no, I'm not concerned about it. If it, if it's a league wide thing by June, we can talk about it, you know, but right, right now, no. Um, yep. like, okay. Prediction for the series. God, I'm such a fucking Homer. It's so bad. Like, it's just so bad. Like, I know that they're going to lose two out of three, but I'm saying they sweep them. I'm going to say it. Well, they just sweep okay. them because they need to get back to 500. And you get I'm back to 500. Okay, that's more reasonable. But I'm predicting a sweep. I think they need to get back to 500. And got a seven-game winning streak would be really nice. <laughs> that would be really nice. So I'm saying they sweep them. They're going to lose the game one, and my it's going to be dead immediately. But, you know, we're <laughs> going with it. Right. That's – yeah. Uh, so watch tonight. Those of you at home, watch tonight. Uh, later later baseball tonight in Colorado. No, we seven. Come home. Oh, is it seven tonight? 7.40. Well, that's late. That's later. Normal most games are six forty, six forty-five. But not normally it's like eight or nine. So, so still later. Um, enjoy it. Look. Oh, never mind. Six forty. No, that's not in time. Oh I'm my sorry. god, dude! Do you... 
Sorry, it said MDT, and I was like, wait, maybe that's Mountain. And I was like, wait, that's Mountain. <laughs> My bad. Mountain Daylight Time. Let's go okay. ahead and make sure that we know what yeah, we're Yeah, I know it's Mountain Time. I figured it Okay, out. all right. Uh, so enjoy some Cardinal baseball this week. We will be back in a couple days uh, with our power rankings. We've got a mailbag. We've been really lax on the mailbag, but we've had so many things to talk about with the Cardinals playing actual meaningful games that it's been hard to get to. Um, I do apologize for the couple breaks here that happened. Hey, that's life. That's what happens. I can't handle that. Or can't do or uh what am I looking for? I don't know, but you need to get out of here so you can go to work. Yeah, I do. I do have to get out of here. I have to go uh I have to go be Bill Murray at the golf course. Head check. I get it. All right, I'm glad you got that. Uh listen, for everybody, thank you so much. We got a three-game set with Coors. We'll be back at the end of that uh and getting ready for the pirates to come up. Enjoy some baseball. If you have the MLB package, I've been really been enjoying the minor league cardinal games. It's really fun to get to watch, to get to see some of the guys on the up and up. Um, hopefully we'll have somebody on here soon that we can talk about some of the minor league guys. I'd like to do that. So everybody have an incredible Monday, have an incredible Tuesday. Hopefully we talk to you Wednesday or Thursday, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Cards.